Hey there! Our vision for Lakewood Vineyard is to be a place where you can reimagine faith in Jesus and have a fresh encounter with God. We aim to create a place where we can explore faith, discover authentic community, and go out and love our world together. Here's this week's message. Hello again, Lakewood Vineyard. So good to be with you again, our second church at home. So grateful for Brian and Autumn and Alex leading us in worship earlier. But we're going to continue our series uh, called Giving Up. And it's our series that's happening during Lent um, as we work towards Easter to celebrate the risen Jesus. And last week, we talked about how we give up fear, um, how we give up fear. And, and the reality is that's a little bit of play on words, right? Because we know that we can never truly, truly, fully give up fear. Um, there's always going to be things that bring fear. And fear is not bad in itself because um, sometimes it warns us of real danger. But when we let fear overcome us and create anxiety in us, um, that's when it becomes too much. And we talked last week through Psalm 3 about how, what do we do with our fears? Well, we first we pray our fears, but then we pray our trust in God and we ask God to act in our prayers. And then we let our prayers turn us to see other people. And so that's last week we talked about praying our fears. Um, but as I thought about it, um, I thought, man, that's really half of what we do with our fears, that we bring them to God in prayer. We bring them unfiltered, raw, we bring them to him. But as I was thinking more about it, praying more about it, I thought, man, there's a really another part of the equation. Because when we get in these moments of anxiety or fear, we feel like things are out of control. We find ourselves in a world we didn't know it was going to be just even a few weeks ago. And we need more than just the ability to tell God or to ask God. What we really need is to hear God's words to us. Because I know for me, when I find myself in places of uncertainty, or times of places where I'm afraid, is what I really need to hear is God's word to me. Especially when we find ourselves in uncharted territory, when we wake up to a whole new world that we weren't expecting. One day things are one way, and then the next day we have everything being closed. And today we're going to look at that story in Joshua that Sarah read for us in Joshua chapter 1. So today we're going to look at three things that we learn in this story from Joshua and the first thing is we're waking up in a new world. Two, sometimes we need God's monologue. And three, location doesn't matter. So let me pray and we can dive in. God, we're so grateful. We're grateful for the opportunity to gather together in whatever format, God. We're grateful for the technology and ability to stay connected. Um, when we talk about social distancing, God, uh, we don't have to be distant actually socially. Physically, maybe, but... Uh, not in our relationships, in our communication, God. Thank you for the gift and the grace and the resources, God, to do it. And we just ask you, Lord, would you meet us in our homes, in our living rooms, in our kitchens, maybe as we're walking outside, if we're in our car, God, would you meet us um, even in these moments? We ask all in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, what do we first see in Joshua chapter one? Well, in verse one, we see that Joshua is waking up to a whole new world. He's waking up to a whole new world. It says this, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, he said, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. And this may not seem like a big shift. It may not seem like a brand new world that Joshua's waking up to, but it really is a huge deal. With Moses dying, the leader who has led them uh, all this time for 40 years, and Joshua taking over, 
Because here's the thing. Moses was the only leader that the Israelites knew, the only one they had experienced. He was the one that performed the miracles that got them uh, out of Egypt. He's the one who led them out of slavery. He was the one who talked to God for them. He was the one who split the Red Sea, who made water come out of a rock, who went up to a mountain and got the Ten Commandments twice. He led them through the desert. He was the one who asked God to bring bread from heaven, meat from heaven, and he did. This is the one who had just died. This is the new reality, the new world that the people of God are waking up to, that Joshua is waking up to. These are big shoes to fill. And for Joshua, he was trained by Moses. He was in their internship program. In this land that they're about to go in, that God's promised, um, Joshua had actually been one of the few people who had gone in there. And so Joshua knew the, the landscape. He knew he was gonna be taking over as a leader. He'd been trained. Joshua's no schmuck, but he's no Moses. He knows it, and the people know it. This is the reality Joshua's waking up to. And now he has to lead God's people into a land, a brand new land that they had been promised to them, that 99.9% of people hadn't been to. There were unknown enemies that they didn't understand. But the enemies they had seen were told to be giants. So this is the world that Joshua's waking up to. All of a sudden, he has to fill these huge shoes to go into a land he's never been, to take the land with all these people who are afraid. And the world has been turned upside down, and he wasn't prepared. Even as much as we want to feel like we're prepared, when things happen, like this global pandemic, we feel like we would be prepared. But then all of a sudden, reality comes, and we don't feel prepared. It isn't hard for that for us to make this connection, right, with Joshua. We have churches that are, we're meeting in person and now they're not. Weddings and funerals are being encouraged to be postponed if they can be, right? Unemployment's rising and they're talking about potentially huge numbers of people getting sick. This is a brand new world that we're waking up to. We weren't ready for this. Maybe some of you preppers, you were ready for it. You're like, man, this is what I was made for. But it's in these times of uncertainty where we feel this lack of control. We don't know what the next press conference will say. And though our governor here in Ohio is doing a wonderful job, we don't know what else is going to roll out. This is the place that fear and anxiety can come and want to wreak havoc. And this is what Joshua was experiencing. It's in these times we begin to see where our real security lies. And that's why we're taking a second week to look up giving up fear. That's why we're taking a second week um, to look at what, uh, how do we give up fear in this, in this current climate, in this current culture. And God knew exactly what Joshua needed in this place of fear and anxiety and insecurity. And here's what he knew Joshua needed. And I, this is our second point, that sometimes we need God's monologue. In verses two through nine, all it is is God talking to Joshua. And the word monologue itself, it actually means speaking alone or one person talking. And often when we say that was a monologue or a one-sided conversation, usually it means that the other person wasn't listening to us or we were being lectured, that our opinion really wasn't being taken into account in the discussion. And actually in this instance, I think that's exactly what's happening is God is saying, I know you have a lot of feelings, a lot of fears, a lot of worries, and those are important. I see it, but you just need to hear from me. You just need to hear what it is that I'm saying to you, what my thoughts are. And I think where we're at now today in this current uh, climate that we're in with this pandemic, that's what we need to do is hear what are God's words to us. And so it's directed entirely to Joshua. And in this monologue, there are four things that I think we just need to take a brief look at that God wants to communicate to Joshua because he wants to communicate it to us too. 
In the first one, we find in the beginning of verse two, where, it's, where God says, I know what happened. I know what happened. He says in verse two, Moses, my servant is dead. Sincerely, God. That sincerely part I added. But the point is, it seems pretty brief that God's like, Moses, my servant is dead. Now here's what's the rest. But the reality is, is that actually, it says at the end of Deuteronomy that the people of Israel, the nation of Israel, took 30 days to grieve. So at the end of 30 days of being aware of the loss and the grief, God says, okay, Moses, my servant, is dead, but now I have something else for you. But it wasn't this quick thing. God sees us. God sees what's happening. God knows what's happened. He sees us. And there's this incredible story and this actually this wonderful name that God has given in Genesis chapter 16 by a woman named Hagar who was treated terribly. She has a newborn son and she actually has to leave, run away in the wilderness and doesn't know how she's gonna survive. And in that, God meets her and cares for her and, takes, and provides for her needs. And in that, she decides to name God the God who sees me. The God who sees me. What a powerful name, a powerful statement for us to remember that God's name is the God who sees me. He sees you. He has the hairs on our head numbered and counted. I'm grateful that God sees me, that he sees me right now where I'm at in life. And he sees you right where you're at in life, that he isn't blind to what's going on, what we're going through. And anything that he says to us, whether it's through, as we read scripture, as we read the Bible, or says to it as we're speak, as we're praying, or even through our community, anything that he's speaking to us is in the context of knowing what's happening, what's going on in the world. God's not phased by it. He says, I see you. So God tells Joshua that he sees what's happened. But also, uh, in this monologue, God says, I see what's next. In verses two through five, and then in verse six as well too, God says, Joshua, I see what's coming. I see what I'm calling you to. I see what I'm inviting you into. And here's what he tells Joshua. He says, get ready to cross the Jordan River and enter into the land. He says, I'm gonna give, them, give you every place that your feet touch. He says, he even says, this is how much land I'm gonna give you. He says, no one will be able to stand against them and that they'll inherit the land that he promised to their ancestors. See, God sees the difficult situation we're in. He sees us. He sees the insecurities that Joshua has. He sees the doubts. He acknowledges it, but then he says, okay, I see it. Now let's go forward. Let's keep moving. Let's keep going. Because God has made these promises to his people. And he says, I'm not done with you. I know there's been a loss. I know Moses is dead, your leader, the one that so many of, like, so many of you put your trust in. But God says, I'm not done with you. I'm not done with you yet. And because in that, I'm your security. And because of that, we can keep moving forward. See, God sees where we are. He acknowledges it. And it seems like in our life right now that everything is on hold. It could feel like in this pandemic, everything's on hold. Everything's shut down. Let's just kind of like bunker in and just weather the storm. But here's what I think God might be saying to us, actually, is that I'm already dreaming for you. I'm acknowledging where you're at, but I'm already dreaming. I'm already planning. I have things I want to invite you to even right now. It might not be how you thought it would be over these next weeks and months, and it might not be what you thought you'd be focusing on or doing, at least not in the way you thought you'd be doing it. 
But he says, I want us to keep moving forward. See, for God, it's in days and seasons like the one we're in right now where sometimes he does his best work because we can't look back and go, I had all the resources, I had all the opportunities, I had all the people. We can't look back and say, I did this. We look back and say, God, look with the amazing things that you've done in this season where we just thought we had to weather the storm. But God, actually, you wanted to do incredible things in my life, in your life, in our lives, and in our communities. So God says, I see you, but we're not stopping. We're moving forward. And here's the thing. In this season where we have these kind of self-imposed, not even self-imposed, some government-imposed limits, I think that God might be saying, let's spend some time on things that you've been avoiding. Maybe it's your relationship in your marriage that it's been so awkward, so uncomfortable, there's brokenness and hurt. And now you find yourself together way more. Could it be that God's saying, I want you to find healing and reconciliation and grow in your marriage? Maybe you've, you've really uh, just had like your heart broken because you feel like, I want to spend more time with my kids. Our schedule is so busy. Sports are pulling in us in so many ways. My job is, and now here's this space. Maybe God's saying you can grow as a parent. You can have more time with your kiddos uh, because of this opportunity that's happening right now. Or maybe it's you want to grow spiritually. You're saying, I just don't feel like I have time to read my Bible, to pray, to read that book. And now there's this space that you have. Maybe God's saying, would you press into that? Maybe that's what it looks like for you to move forward. Or maybe you have dreams, you've had dreams of starting a business or a nonprofit or, or going back to school and you just haven't had time even to think about it, even to make plans. And maybe God's saying, now, let's talk about it now. See, God sees where we are and he sees what's next, what can be. But God also tells Joshua in this monologue, I'm with you, I'm with you. In verse five and verse nine, he tells him that he's with him. He says, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. And in verse nine, God promises again to be with Joshua. God promises his presence, just like he had been with Moses. And I love that God uses an example like Moses. He could just say, Joshua, I'm gonna be with you. Take it at face value. But what he says is, I'm gonna be with you just like it was with, with Moses. And Joshua saw up close that Moses knew God as a friend that Moses went to God when he was overwhelmed as a leader. Moses went to God when he needed wisdom. He went to God over and over again. And he says, I'm gonna be with you, Joshua, just like I was with Moses. And for me, as a husband, as a father, as a pastor, as a friend, I need to hear that right now. I always need to hear it, but I need to be reminded right now that God, you have been with people in difficult circumstances before other pastors, other dads, other friends, other fathers, and you were with them. You gave them everything they needed. You promised to be with them, just like you were with Moses. And I think we need to hear that word too, is that God's gonna be with us, just like he's been with others, like he's been with the church in other difficult circumstances, like he's been with other families who have experienced suffering and fear and insecurity. And I think that's beautiful. It's because God's presence with us gives us stability. It means that we aren't the foundation. We aren't holding it all together. We're not holding our families together, our businesses together, our church together, our nation together, our community together. We can trust that God is present and he's holding us together. 
But then finally, in God's monologue to Joshua, he communicates that he sees what Joshua needs. Or like God would say, I see what you need. To help Joshua give up the fear that he's experiencing in this new world, God says, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. He actually tells Joshua this three times, to be strong and courageous. And I don't know about you, but for me, if someone tells me, like, like let's say they say, like, hey, just calm down. Then again, like, just, it's okay, calm down. Like, if someone says to me something like that three times, it communicates to me that they're picking up on the anxiety that I'm, like, wrestling with. They're picking up on the anger or the frustration. And so I think God is pretty clear here. He's picking up on what's happening internally in Joshua. He's afraid. He's insecure. He's worried. He's anxious. He feels like he's not prepared. And so that's why God says to him over and over again, be strong and courageous. But it's not just be strong and courageous where you're at, just as you're sitting, as you're waiting, as you're grieving. But the invitation to Joshua is to be strong and courageous as you step out into this new place, as you keep moving forward. And I think God knows that's what we need to hear too, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, as the church, is that we need to keep moving forward with strength and courage. We can live in a way where it's not just theory. See, sometimes when we read in the Bible, we read these encouraging things like, be strong and courageous, don't be terrified because I'm with you. And it can just be maybe in our own prayer time or um, when we're reading, and it just kind of gives us that like warm, fuzzy feeling like, oh God, you are with me. You do give me strength and courage. But in this passage, I think it's really clear that God's saying, I'm giving you strength and courage not to live as a theory and not just to encourage you and comfort you, though it is that, but that it's, he's saying, I'm going to give you this strength and courage so that you can keep moving forward. Because here's the reality. What shows that we really believe that God's with us, what shows that we really do believe that God's going to give us strength and courage is when we begin to walk in it. Uh, one of the founders of the vineyard, John Wimber, used to say that faith is spelled R-I-S-K, meaning what we believe is really shown when we actually step out and take a risk and actually begin to do that thing that we think God might be calling us to. That might be reaching out to that person that we have a broken relationship with and saying, can we talk? It could be working on your marriage. It could be growing as a parent. It could be making plans for that future business. It could be thinking about starting that community group, that small group. It could be thinking about, I want to reach out to the friends I haven't talked to in a while or sharing my faith with someone I work with or reconnecting with my dad or my mom or, or my sibling who lives across the country. But it's saying, I'm going to take that risk. And I don't mean in the current climate we're in to take risks that are putting other people at danger health-wise. Like we want to follow best practices. But there's lots of risks we can still take right now. Putting ourselves out there, loving people, reconciling, putting ourselves out there to grow as people. And so I think this word for us to remain strong and courageous, um, and actually we see it in, in verses um, six through nine, or seven through eight, I'm sorry, um, where he's encouraged, Joshua's encouraged to meditate on God's word. He's encouraged to meditate on God's word, and which for us is the Bible, to meditate on it, remember it, obey it. Because in God's word, we find that strength and stability too, that we find that strength and courage. We find it when we step out and take risks, but we also find it when we get into God's word. And here's why. We get strength and courage because we can look at God's word and find out what is it that God has always said. 
about who he is? What has God always said that are his promises to be with us? Because our emotions can lie to us, right? Our thoughts can lie to us. They can overwhelm us with fear, with anxiety, with worry, with anger, with frustration, with bitterness. And when we come to God's word, we can find that strength and courage because we can say, no matter what I feel, no matter what I think, this is what God has to say. Remain strong and courageous. And so Uh, God encourages Joshua to focus, to remember, to meditate on his word. And here's a really practical way you can do that. We're at now. Download the YouVersion Bible app on your phone, whatever phone or computer you have, or whatever tablet phone. Download the app. You can get on their website. They have tons of reading plans. Just go in the plan section and just find one that appeals to you. Don't try to find the perfect one. The way I'm wired, I was like, I don't know if this is the right plan. I got to find the one that directly hits me. But just pick a plan that's out there that touches your heart and just begin to read the Bible. It takes you through some really simple steps on how to read the Bible, has some devotions connected to it. So grab that YouVersion uh, Bible app. It's really great. I use it as well too. Um, But just to spend time meditating on God's word, looking for that strength and courage to keep moving forward. But finally, in this passage, in this monologue from God, we see that location doesn't matter. Location doesn't matter. See, the Lord says to Moses, not to Moses, says it to Joshua at the end of verse nine, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. See, God's promises are to us wherever we are. It doesn't matter the location. It doesn't matter if you're working from home. It doesn't matter if you're off of school and you're with your parents or you're with friends. It doesn't matter uh, if you're not at the restaurant that you thought you might be at, but you're eating at home. It doesn't matter if your church is meeting in person or not. Because God's word to us is, I'm with you wherever you go. And this is pretty relevant to all of us, right? And it might feel like, well, wherever I go, there's not many places I'm going right now. It's just home. And in this season, whether it's seven or eight weeks longer, We get to choose in this season who we want to be. If God's promised his presence to us, he's promised to give us strength and courage, he sees us where we are, he remembers uh, what's happening in our life, and he says, I want you to keep moving forward. We get in this season to choose who are we going to be? Who are you going to be? We could use this time away to like just kind of numb out, to watch Netflix, to binge, to disconnect, to just wait it out to kind of use it as an excuse to not do the things that maybe we've been wanting to do. Or here's the other opportunity, is that for most of us, we have more time. For most of us, we have more margin. For most of us, we don't have the excuse anymore of, oh, I'm so busy. Most of us are not as busy anymore. We don't have those excuses that keep us from becoming the people that we want to be. And for some of us, that means, and I mentioned it before, but finally putting that time aside each day to spend time with God in scripture and in prayer. For some of us, it means I'm going to start connecting in relationships in the church. Here at Lakewood Vineyard, we're going to be, we uh, already talked about it, we're launching those three online small groups. And you're saying like, I didn't have time before to jump into a group. Now you do. Now you do. What kind of person do you want to become? What do you want to spend this time doing? Do you want to find ways to continue to grow, to read more books like you talked about, to jump on that treadmill that's in the basement? I know that's one of mine. Uh, To jump on that treadmill finally and use it in the extra margin that you have. God's invitation, his question to us is, how are we going to use this time that we're given? What's that nudge that you've continued to feel from God? Like, maybe I should start that business. Maybe I should go back to school. Maybe I should start that community group. Maybe I, 
will do this or that. And in this season, maybe you can't act on all those things. Maybe there are real limitations to the dreams that you have, to the things that God's called you to that you can't fully do right now. But you know what you can do? You can start planning. You can start researching. You can put real pen to paper on your dreams instead of just letting it be something that floats out there. Because I think God wants to use this time to grow us in our relationship with him, to grow us in our relationship with each other, to heal broken relationships, to heal wounds, to give us vision for what can be right now, absolutely, but also the vision of what could be even down the road. So I think there's an invitation from God in this season that we can be strong and courageous and begin to step out into the things that God has called us to. It might look different. I understand that. But God has opportunity for us in this time. And I do know, let me just speak for some of you who right now, it's not actually more margin. You might be a healthcare worker. You might work at a grocery store. You might be a delivery person. You might be essential to the supply chain in the U.S., and so for you, you're actually working more. Actually, you're, you're working, putting in way more hours. You don't have this margin. But that word from God is that I'm with you no matter what the location is. No matter how many hours you're working, I'm with you. And we're gonna post resources, and there already are some on our, on our website, liquidvineyard.com. Go to the church at home section. We already have some audio prayers, uh, ways that you can engage with God even as you're going, as you're moving, as you're working. Um, but for those of you who don't have more margin, asking God, what is it that you wanna do in me right now? And it might just be uh, that you are actually in, in tangible ways impacting the U.S., that our state, our local community here in Northeast Ohio, that you're making a difference. So I just want to applaud you and encourage you in that. If you're someone who's been working extra hours and you're a healthcare worker or you're in the front lines, a grocery store uh, employee, or you're doing delivery, whatever it might be, we love to take time to pray for you this morning. So just text the word LV Pray, Lakewood Vineyard Pray, LV we pray to 97000. Just text that number and we're going to get that text and we'd love to connect with you, to pray with you, whether it's over text or a phone call or a video chat, but we'd love to be able to pray for you as you're being an essential part to keeping people healthy and safe and fed and connected here in across the United States and here in Northeast Ohio. So thank you so much for doing that. I'm going to invite Brian up here to lead us in worship again, another song, and absolutely you can sing along, but maybe the invitation this morning would be just to spend a few minutes just to get quiet before God and say, God, would you speak to me? What are the words that you would say to me? What's the area that I need strength in? What's the area that I need courage in? What's that thing in this season that you want me to say yes to? What's that thing you've been nudging me to do um, the relationship that you've been nudging me to, to find healing and reconciliation. What it is that? So in this prayer time, we'd love for you just to spend that time praying and asking God to speak to you. But again, if you want to connect with somebody to pray, just text LVPRAY to 97000. Thanks for joining us. We especially want to thank those of you who give generously to what God is doing through Lakewood Vineyard. If you'd like to give, Click the link in the description or visit lakewoodvineyard.com slash give. If you enjoyed this week's message, you can subscribe to the podcast for more, share it with friends and family, and leave a review. If you post a screenshot of the podcast on your social media, tag us at lakewoodvineyardoh. Thanks so much for listening and may God bless you this week.